Welcome to BrainPod, a podcast dedicated to the minds shaping our world through engineering. In today's episode of BrainPod, Therese Reinhammar, Director of Autonomous Solutions Delivery, and Tony Passion, Head of Battery Production at Scania. We invited Therese and Tony to discuss Scania's substantial commitment to electrification and autonomous vehicles. Tony and Tadeus are two instrumental engineers driving the shift towards modern, sustainable transports. We sought their insights on the present state of autonomous vehicles and electrification, as well as the opportunities and challenges that lie ahead for Scania. Hello and welcome to this podcast from Engineering Day, recorded today here at Scania in Södertälje. At this very location, Scania has been producing means of transportation for both goods and people for over 100 years. And we are actually sitting in the Marcus Wallenberg Museum right now. If the listeners have not been, you must go and see the first trains, cars and bicycles and how beautiful they truly are. My name is Anna Leon and I'm a tech enthusiast, podcaster and engineer. And I will be leading this conversation together with Linus Hersson, founder of Engineering Day. Hi Linus, how are you? I'm good, Anna. How are you? I'm great. So welcome. Are you ready to dive into these two topics together, Tony and Therese? Hi, great to be here. Super excited and ready. Yes, hello everyone. Also very excited to be here together with Tony and Anna Linus. Great to hear. So here at Scania, you work with both electrification in terms of building a battery assembly, as well as autonomous trucks. Why is this work important to you and to society as a whole? Therese, do you want to start? Well, I think it's very interesting that we're here today to talk about autonomous and electrification. Uh, we can actually see autonomy as an enabler of electrification. While autonomy is still at a very early stage, it fits very well into, together with the long-term trend of the digitalization, electrification and automation, which all are very important cornerstones of the supporting technology in the shift towards sustainable transport system. And it's also supporting an increased focus on safety and good working conditions. Well, if I'm talking most from the perspective of autonomous, we can look at it from a system perspective. When we are removing the constraints of the driver, autonomy will allow transports to be better adapted to electrification by having more frequent transport, and we can also have lighter transports, they're more suitable for the battery vehicles. And we can also increase the utilization and making time for charging to optimize the battery health and have better utilization of the assets, basically. But also from a cost perspective, we know that the electrification increased the upfront cost, but decreased the running cost. And since we, with autonomous trucks, can increase the utilization, we can therefore decrease the total cost. So by combining electrification and autonomous, we can make the most out of each of the components. Cool. Thank you for that answer. And what about you, Tony? I think, first of all, I should mention the science-based target that Scania has, uh, was the first OEM to sign and, and agreed to, which is aligned with the Paris Agreement to limit global temperature increase with two degrees. 
And Scania's um, journey towards meeting those goals, one part of those is the battery, of course. But there are, as uh, Therese already mentioned, so many more parts of that at Scania. I mean, with driver training, optimization of routes, which you were into already, Therese, and and which autonomous, of course, is uh, a great part of. Also electric motors and, and many, many more fields there. For me personally, the stake is, you know, I I want to be able to look the next generation into the eyes. So great to hear that you're leading this change. Um, But I'm also super interested in the battery assembly as such. So could you dive into that a little bit more, Tony, for us? So how does it work and what do you assemble? Yeah, great question. And and I would be happy to try to dig into that a little bit. First of all, you know, if you look from the mines all the way to an electrical vehicle, uh, the battery is a part of that scope. One of the components or main components of the battery, we buy them from Northvolt. So we are not setting up a process industry at Scania. We're buying that component from Northvolt. Then when we receive the cells, we assemble the cells into modules. Our modules are built up and the process that we are running and and to support uh, the electrical trucks and buses with batteries, we will consume one cell every second when we are fully ramped. So it's a quite high turnover of cells. Uh, Quite early on, we formed a partnership with Northvolt, you know, at the startup phase of that company. And I think we have had great cooperation through the years and now we are at this stage. So currently, no. I mean, we are, we have a background within the industry in assembly. We are quite good at that and, and we have good structures in place for assembly. We have our Scania way of working, which guides us and helps us to run efficient operations within that. Going back to the batteries in themselves, then the cells, they are assembled into modules. One module is quite large. It weighs about 40 kilos, so it's not an easy thing. We assemble 10 to 20, uh, some different variants there in one pack. So if you take uh, 20 of those modules and put them in a pack and, and, you know, the frames of the pack and so on, you end up with the product weighing up to 1500 kilos so one pack the smaller ones around 500 kilos and then the full range up to 1500 kilos after that not within the scope of battery assembly but at the final assemblies we put the batteries on the trucks or or the buses depending on application between two and six batteries is quite normal on a truck and, and then you will get a good range, a good operations and good charging capabilities on the vehicles. So um, I hope that answered a little bit of your question, what we are trying to set up and do here. Can you talk a bit about the, the most technical difficulties that you're working with or trying to solve right now? Okay, now we're getting into the nitty gritty of battery assembly, but... Well, there are some critical parts of uh, module assembly, quite technical. Stacking the cells is one of them. To preload the cells with a certain amount of uh, force, just to give them a bit of a push in early on to give them a longer lifetime. That is one critical process step. Another would be 
laser welding, where we actually weld bus bars connecting cell to cell with the laser from on top. And we don't want to do that too deep into the cell and the chemistry because that would be disaster. But um, we're quite tricky and have found the way forward there. So that's two process steps that are critical. And is, is this uh, technical expertise that you have had in Scania for years? Or do you, did you have to learn completely new skills to be able to adapt to this kind of new business assembly? Uh, no, Linus, that's a great question. I mean, if you take that last one there with the laser welding, we have laser welding as an example in our cab assembly in Oskarshamn. So, you know, the technology as such, we, we know about, but then applying that in a new field, there we have had to go out a little bit on the market, both to benchmark within the Volkswagen group, uh, but also out on the tech field as such. And we have also recruited some good competence out from there. But we do have most of the competence in-house, but a bit of rethinking and reschooling on that. And while we're talking about interesting new technologies, uh, autonomous solutions, Therese, how will this work for Scania and uh, where can we see autonomous trucks in the future? We are focusing right now at Scania on two different segments for autonomous solutions. One is the confined area with mining being first out. And the other one is the long haulage transports on the highway, so-called hub-to-hub segment. We're actually right now testing having autonomous trucks, going autonomous trucks in Australia at a mine site at a customer where we are developing the solution together with the customer. And they are also in the mining industry. It's also a very big push for being more sustainable, zero emission mines. And our we are working together with the electrification and autonomous having projects together with a customer where we are downsizing what they are having today, very big machines and our autonomous trucks makes it easier to to go electrified and, and to have zero emissions due to that we are decreasing the size and it's easier to have batteries. But we also need more vehicles and therefore they need to be autonomous because it's too much drivers needed if they're not autonomous. And uh, talking about the Australia example, what, what are, are the most prominent benefits you can see both short term right here and right now and in the future? If we look at the sustainability aspect of it, which I think is the, the main driver, it's really both for the environment as such that we will, with the electrified autonomous solution, the zero, we will not have that much emissions, but it's also a more healthy way to break the material in the mines. So the footprint on the environment is also less and better utilization. I guess on the people working in the trucks yeah. that are not working the, the when safe, it's autonomous. The yeah. safety aspect. The safety well. aspect, yeah. of course. Yeah. And also if you talk about the, the business side of it, how are the economics different when you use autonomous trucks in the mining? For us at Ghana, it's a segment that we don't have today because it's big trucks that are used today. And by downsizing, we are actually replacing the big vehicles with the Scania sized vehicles or the right sized vehicles. But for the mining companies, it's a much better case because the 
also the infrastructure is easier when it comes to our size tracks and you can utilize, you can get more material out of the natural resources as well. So from the mining company's aspect, it's a better economy with this solution. And if we pivot to the long haul side of the business, Mm -hmm. where are Scania today and where's the market? You probably, if you have been driving south on the highway from Södertälje south, you have probably been driving alongside with autonomous track. We've been driving uh, tests since uh, two years back, a little bit more than two years actually. And then during last autumn, we had the first customer pilot with um, Hub Logistics, where we were doing a hub-to-hub transport. And that is how we will do the implementation of the long haulage, uh, going from two predefined hubs, where we have the first and the last mile, getting the goods from the customer site to a hub, That will, at least in the beginning, be done manually. But that is like the short drives that are quite attractive for drivers. It's the long between the two hubs, those transport that are not that convenient for the drivers to go. That could be, I mean, like 24 hours drive. So is this how you see the future of trucking? The the shorter rides will be people driven and the longer ones will be fully autonomous? Yes. Yes. And what are the biggest technical issues on your side? Or is it regulatory issues or technical issues before we can have this on all the roads in the world? I would say it's a combination. Of course, we are not there on the technology side. We are not there yet, but it's also legislation. And and that's the public opinion is also important. That's why it's so important to start to test. And I must say, I must add on to The test that we are doing now, that is with safety drivers and safety engineers. So it's not self-driving because that is not legal yet. But that's also something with legislation that it's not only like the Swedish legislation, because it has to be a cooperation between countries and within countries as well. And if we stay a bit in the technical issues, because this is a part for engineers, what are the major challenges technically, to be able to have fully functioning, autonomous, long-haul trucks in the coming years? It's a big question. Testing is super important. And to record data, I mean, if we look at US, is very good. The Texas Triangle is uh, very much spoken about. It's where we have really good weather and we have good highways where they're big. It's not so much disruption on the highways. And if we look at the, the companies that has been running there for personal cars, it's a lot of data collected and a lot of kilometers running. Isn't it there. like a, a scale issue? You have to get to a certain scale in, in order to gather the sufficient amount of data to be able to draw the correct analysis and optimize the driving, I guess. Yeah, it is, of course. And, and it's so much things that could happen. And really, we need to, to do all of these drives out on the highway and actually get all of those, record all of these things that can happen. And new things are happening all the time. Let's go back to Tony again. What do you think is the most exciting within your field of battery assembly? Oh, that's a big question. I, I am... As a person, a bit of an entrepreneur, and and Scania as a company, of course, have a good structure and organization of how to run things. And I found that to be a perfect match for, 
you know, the job that I'm in. And, and then looking at the organization that I'm running, I think that's where we find the excitement to build up an organization at the help of big Scania, if you like, but also in an agile way, doing things sometimes for the first time, breaking new ground, learning a lot of things and being fast moving and agile. And uh, I really like that. And speaking to my colleagues, uh, that seems to be one of the things uh, that's most exciting. Yeah, it sounds like a perfect match. If we move uh, to you, uh, Therese, uh, the same question. What's most exciting do you think in your field of autonomous solutions delivery? I think it's like you say, Tony, talking about uh, or working in, in new areas where there are no right answers. You need to test. And really, in my area, it's to work where things really happen. And it's at the time where it starts to happen, not coming in when the autonomous solutions are already implemented and it's about to sell it and, and everything is like the processes are ready. And it's not to come in too early either when it's like 10 years of research before something can happen. But really to be here and to be in it's such a great opportunity to be in the situation when it's happening. I am a producer, so I really like to make things happen. And looking into this deployment and operations, we are really working and engaging with the customer and get like coming from this is the vision of how autonomous solutions should work. But now let's make it happen as well and learn this together. It's like a partnership journey. Yeah, that talking is, a bit about customers, I think it's really interesting. Is demand coming from the customer side or is it more you that, that are pushing these new technologies to the customers? It's absolutely coming from the customer. That's, of course, it's a big challenge uh, to do this implementation and to, to actually understand both from the customer perspective and from Scania perspective what it will mean to have this solution out and running. But... We have a lot of customers that are in the forefront of technology that really wants to be in on this journey. But it's also, I must say, different from different parts of the world as well and different type of companies that are in the forefront. If we look at US, we're working very tight within the Trayton group. And in US, we have Navistar and talking to the customer in US. They are like, why isn't this really already happening? You're so late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like yeah, you have really big jobs at a big company that have big potential to make the world a better place if implemented right and the customers want to buy it. Uh, is it possible to describe like how a normal day or week is for you guys if we start with Tony? Perhaps going back to the previous, what we spoke about earlier with, you know, being an entrepreneur in a structural company and finding a good match there. I think that describes also a work day or work week for me and my organization. I mean, of course, it's a lot of meetings, work meetings, planning meetings and so on, but also a lot of networking or, or financing or mentorship or decision meetings and then coming back to you know my roots or at least roots within engineering I'm a manufacturing engineer so I get the opportunity to go out on the shop floor and 
be part of the production, which I so much uh, like. Is that enjoy. when you're as most happy when yes, you're on the production floor? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, go to Gemba, go and see out where it happens. Is uh, one of the key philosophies. And for you, Therese, when you're, are you the most happy in your work life? That's a difficult question to see when I'm most happy, but. I also love the combination of working with all the strategic issues and the leadership issues and being on the ground. So like put on the heavy shoes and the high visibility vest and going up to our test facilities when we do autonomous testing of the operations. That's super cool. Or being out at the customer site in the red desert of Australia, getting all hands dirty. That's really, really cool and a great opportunity to be able to have that broad spectra in the work. Speaking of that and uh, the spectrum of different kinds of engineers and engineering work that you do, what different types of engineers do you have and what challenges are they facing? I would say that as an engineer at Scania, you could basically work everywhere. It's such a good base to be an engineer. It's such a good base for understanding both the product and the technologies, but also the business and the industry we are at. Um, when you say everywhere, do you mean everywhere like internationally or everywhere in the production chain? or technology? Why choose? Okay, everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> Both. So, so that was actually a big eye-opener for me, understanding that, thinking about, we have production in Sweden, Netherlands, uh, France, and Brazil. That's where we have production. These are the possible sites to work at. And then I realized, well, we have our commercial network. We're present in over 100 countries, and, mm. and we have like 1,500 dealers out there. You can work everywhere, and we have... R&D, purchasing, production, logistic, sales and marketing, commercial operations with all the service network. And we need engineers everywhere. One thing I have noticed uh, visiting Scania through the years is that a lot of you work for many years. Mm. Many, many years. It's mm -hmm. like you've been here forever. Uh, mm, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> is it because of that, that wide variety of opportunities that Scania provides with different countries? maybe working in different roles. What do you say, Tony? Yeah, I think it is. I've been here myself for, this is the 24th year that I'm here. And it's a combination of opportunities and, and uh, the broad field of careers that you can have. I mean, there are so many opportunities, but also the company culture, which um, attracts a lot of people. And Going back to the previous questions, you know, what type of competence are you looking for? You can give, an, from my perspective, an, a short and easy answer. It's automation engineers, it's this and it's that. But I think it's the question or the answer rather is bigger than that. It's, we're looking for a person that wants to come here, interact with the culture and our values, be part of the journey going forward, being part of a sustainability solution. And with that, also looking at the broader perspective, I think we have a golden opportunity here, not only as a company, but also as a society in this region of Sweden, Mälardalen. Of course, the same goes for our West Coast friends. They also have a good setup there. But focusing on this region, you know, we have the Northwood Labs in Västerås, we have the universities 
on all sides of the Mälardalen in Örebro, Uppsala and in Stockholm and surrounding there. There are many companies, Scania, one of them within automotive and other industries. So the universities, the industries, but then also legislation coming back to both autonomous, as you spoke about, but also, you know, charging infrastructure and so on and so forth. We need to pave the way from politicians, uh, really. And if we can make these things happen together, I think we can form uh, Silicon Valley of electrification in Mälardalen, actually. So that would be my answer to that question. Great answer. Uh, we spoke a bit about role models, and it seems like um, the politicians maybe aren't acting as role models. And I'm speaking for myself right now in regards of tidavtalet and redaktionsplikt and all that kind of stuff. It's enlightening to see that companies can actually uh, go ahead and be role models. And it sounds like you're, you're doing it right here in Södertälje, which is uh, very inspiring. So... Uh, Thank you for your time, I would say. And yes. uh, it's been really fun to be here and to meet you guys again. Well, thank you for having us. It's been great. And uh, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You've listened to an episode of BrainPod, a podcast from Engineering Day. On the 23rd of November, we are gathering engineers from all over the country to engage in Engineering Day, a full day dedicated to engineering. With 10 leading speakers, a variety of masterclasses, live podcasts and an award ceremony where we celebrate engineering feats, we are sure you will leave feeling even more proud of being an engineer. We hope to see you there.